There he is, right on Love time, Rudy. Radio. How are you? Hey, Rudy, can you hear me? How are you? All right. How are you, Billy? I just called Billy Bloomerick to, to, to try and get you a surprise, and uh, he's on message. Oh, okay. Okay, great. Yeah, we'd like so, to get in there. That's that's uh, next uh, Wednesday. Right, right. I know. Uh, the stylistics, right? Uh, no, uh, the spinners. Oh, the spinners. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, the spinners. Yeah, and uh, so how have you been, they Rudy? Got new, they got all new singers, I think. Yeah, I I, I don't know, but there's definitely older guys. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, I'd like to get in there and get, uh, I'm sure they've got somebody from the original group, right? I don't know. I don't know. I think a lot of them passed away, but well, let's we'll hope find some out. Of them... Yeah, we'll Festival. find out. Festival is getting very big in uh, Vegas. The MGM Resort now, Las Vegas Village, turned to the festival grounds. They're doing country festivals. So everybody's going into the two, three-day festivals. Great. Great. we got to find some angel. <laughs> yep, exactly. I, well, <clears throat> we'll see what I happens think- next. I think the only way to go is sponsorship. Once you get the documentary going, try and peddle it to to some of the sponsors, beer companies, soda companies, you know. Look exactly. Exactly. How did we? How did did Eddie did Eddie Levert call you back about uh, getting into uh, do interview him and Gladys? No, he didn't call. He told me he was going to call Wednesday or Thursday. So let's see. If he don't call me tomorrow, I mean, if he don't call today, I'll give him a call, a reminder. Okay. Great. You know, all these guys, they work a lot. You would not believe it. We looked up oh, Stevie sure. Wonder. He's on tour. Gladys and OJ's on tour. These people work constantly. I can't believe it. After 50 years. That's right. That's right. Well, when you're good, you're good. Who's on with us, Billy? Billy's there. Being a good boy this week, aren't you, Billy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm here with you guys this week, sitting back. I'm just going to sit back and listen this week because I I was quite the chatterbox last week. I was on, (laughs) but I was in a good, I was in a good mood. (laughs) How's it going, Billy? Yeah, not too bad, Rudy. I can't complain. You know. It's uh, it's all good, yeah. Yeah, I watched. Yeah, let's give Billy's movie a plug. Uh, the wristwatch. I watched. Uh, I watched a good ten, fifteen minutes of it last night. Then I had 
I got uh, distracted by some call, but um, you know, how? Tell, give us an update on your your know, movie. Yeah, we're um, we're gonna we're gonna have an event here in uh, in Boston at the AMC theaters across from the Boston Common, and uh, we're probably gonna do a screening there. Uh, do a red carpet event. Um, you know, we had two boss, three Boston guys actually in the movie. It's a film with a good message. You know, it's about having, you know, never give up and, and keep the hope alive. And 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 um, so we're going to give back to a few charities with the pro- ticket proceeds and do an after party and all that stuff. So so far so good. I'm just um, working on uh, securing a deal with the AMC theaters to rent the cinema for the evening and then the after party. And hopefully two days before Veterans Day, we can have the event up. Uh, we're shooting for November 9th and, um, because they're building a, a homeless shelter for veterans in South Boston, uh, the old Station 6 police station, and we're going to contribute to that. And Julie's House in South Boston, another organization that's run by a friend of mine. And, uh, yeah, so it's all good. We just keep plugging away and doing the best we can with what we have. And, um Hopefully the Sugar Shack is next, you know. Great. Keep that story alive. Move forward with it. Great. You know what I mean? So, um, so Rudy, what else is going on out there in Vegas? Anything? Uh, you know, uh, I want to do it at the Arizona Charlie's because I'm more comfortable. And, okay. Uh, my girl that runs the banquet room, she hasn't come back yet. And okay. they're, remodeling, they're remodeling the whole buffet. They're spending $2 million. They claim they cut out everything. And they claim it will be open the end of the month. But they didn't give me a date so I can uh, we go along with that November schedule, you know? Okay. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it a few more days to find out when the, the banquet manager comes back. Because I... She'll give me the room, you know. Uh, I want to make sure she's not booked, you know, and uh, I want to book the room. What do you think? Uh, four or five hours, a uh, half a day, yep. or a uh, whole Yep, that's all we need. Uh, uh, four or five hours, half yep. a day. Yep. All right, then I'll work on uh, I can get your rooms over there, and uh, you can stay there, and. Uh, all you got to worry about is the plane fare. Fantastic. And I think if you fly during the week, you know, the slow period, I don't know when the slow period is. Yeah, we'll figure it out. All right, so what I'm, that's what I'm working on. You know, I, I figure by next week, uh, the banquet manager's on vacation. She should know when the buffet is going to open, and I can lock up the data on the banquet and the I mean the yeah the the afternoon at the banquet and uh, and lock that in and then we'll go from there. I'll lock in the rooms and everything and uh, we'll go from there. Great, we great, great. Good. Yeah, that's a cool little spot that Arizona shot. That's where I met you last time, Rudy. Right when I come out. Yeah, right. Billy was there. Yeah. The food is good. It's really reasonable and it's a nice crowd. Yeah, that's a cool spot. I like it there. Nice, super, super. Yeah, and Billy's gonna come. Billy's gonna come out with us. Oh, that's good. Yep. Yeah. Sure you know. He knows the place. He was there. We had a little fun there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, yeah. It was cool. My daughter's baby was going crazy, running all over the place. Isabella. Hey, I'll you over there, though. 
Yeah, Rudy's boss over there, man. Everybody know him. Yeah, that's great. Isabella. Well, that's great. Yeah, um, Isabella. Beautiful. We, uh, well, I figured with today, well, since, uh, well, this is a big night that's coming up in Boston. That Oh, by the way, if we've got any listeners, and we do, well, lately, Rudy, we've had a lot of listeners live. Uh, in fact, of all my shows, this uh, this little sugar shack gets about uh, at least seven to ten. Li- they're, they're out there listening to us right now. They don't call in, but would love to hear from anybody who remembers the sugar shack and just would like to say hi to Rudy. Six four six nine two nine two four five one. Love to hear from you. And uh, hey, I think it's this week, uh, Rudy. Why don't we, since the big night that's coming, November seventh, with Gladys Knight and. Uh, in the OJ, that's going to be a heck of a show. Oh yeah, yeah. they'll tear that place up. Wow. Yeah, I mean, Amazing. when I looked, you, uh, we were going. George and I were going through the book we have that Chuck put together, and we were looking at all of the. Um, by the way, that's Chuck Harder. We got to give Chuck a, a plug here for all the hard work he's done on this, and he's our historian and researcher. Um, and oh, by the way, I've been in touch with uh, Kevin Cullen of the Globe, and uh, he's invited me. He's given me a commitment that we would meet at the Erie Pub. That's the place all the presidents go to when they come when they're on their campaign uh, here in, in Dorchester. So hopefully that's going to happen soon, Rudy. So I'm pushing that along. Um, so, uh, but anyway, we're trying to get Kevin interested so that. If we do get an interview with them, then he could uh, also do an article, uh, get a few words in from both um, Eddie and uh, from Gladys. Uh, so we keep working it here, buddy. We keep working till it develops. That's all. What else can we do? Exactly. So I, exactly. I just pulled a cut off of I didn't get a chance to listen to it. I hope it's a good one. Uh, let's listen to a little Gladys Knight. All right. It's about eight minutes and it's uh it's a medley of some of their best stuff. All right. You ready? Okay. Go ahead. Right. Here we go. Let's hope that we get some good.
sad to think We're not gonna make it And it's gotten to the point To be the first to say goodbye.
Oh, my, 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 my. Woo! Wow. All of my Tom, do you hear it clear on your side? No, I don't. But when, whenever, um, how about you, Billy? Did you hear it okay? It was a little uh, staticky here, too. Yeah. yeah uh, but everybody says that when we play it back, it comes pretty clear, you know, when they listen to the podcast. But, uh, yeah, too bad. But, boy, in spite of the static, her voice. Oh. Right? Yeah, you got a very excellent, uh, real great voice. You know, and boy, did she emote, man. You know, this is, Rudy, you know, I mean, I, I would never just spend, one of the beautiful things about doing these shows with you is that I just sit here and listen, really listen, instead of just, you know, you playing music and doing housework or doing something else and not really giving it your attention. And, you know, and especially when I, I'm able to pick up these live um, you know, reproductions on YouTube. And so you get the feel of the club. But boy, you know, you had people in your club who came there to listen. And when you hear that woman go so deep, I mean, she she sold that song because she felt that song. Yeah, she Yeah, yeah. and it's like you're like forced to listen because her her voice is so graceful. It's like you, you can't help but listen and pay attention to her voice. It's amazing. How Rudy, how was you know, uh do you remember much about her when she was it was in the early days of your club? Right, right. She was only a she I don't think she was more than twenty five. Wow. wow. She came, uh, even younger. And uh nice lady, the pips were good. At that time she carried the pips with her. Yep. Her brother and her uh, cousins or something. They were nephews, I, I guess. Yeah, they're not with them no more. She does a solo now. Right. And, and she, uh, uh, yeah. I've also heard her singing standards lately on uh, the Sirius XM has the Sinatra channel. And, man, can she belt out a standard, jazz standard. Whew. Yeah, she could, she's got a good pair of lungs for it. Man, she doesn't wow. take a back seat to anybody, including Aretha. She's right up there with anybody. Absolutely. Right. In fact, I think, you know, in terms of versatility, she's even better than Diana Ross. Well, see, you know what happened? Diana Ross got some real nice songs, you know. The songs make it, you know. Yeah, of course, of course. But uh, maybe a lot of real nice uh, puppy tunes, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, going back and, you know, you just hear, and this is a, Billy tells us that we create a mood whenever we do one of these shows that he can sense, and I do too, you know, you sense the time and you sense the uh, being in your club. And, you know, when you get a, a, an amazing star like that, so, I mean, again, I'm trying to imagine you uh, running the club. And, you know, basically it became your home. I mean, your second home, right? Yeah. <laughs> I told you that a couple of while back. I used to live there from uh, 12 o'clock to 2 in the morning at 1.30. Well, wow. No, 2 in the morning, close at 1. I got right. to clean up and 
thing and all that. Now, Brody, would the, would the groups come in and, and warm up or practice or do sound checks? Would they be there during the day? No. Those thing, those groups, you know, somebody told me, if you do a musical uh, soul festival, he, he said, you want to hire me as a, as a stage guy or to take care of the groups when they practice? And this, that's just, listen. These groups come in, they're all they're all ready to go. There's no practice, no nothing, no sound <laughs> check. And that's it. They wow. don't practice, they don't do nothing. The real wow. deal. Wow. Amazing. Wow. So so professional. well see when you when a lot of when groups have uh uh, their own group, they're self-contained. You know, they're used to themselves. It is the groups that come in, uh, or very few, with chats. Then you have to rehearse. Right, right. Well, you know, uh, um, just I like... remember with chats. I think the, the Four Tops had chats. They had uh-huh. their own rhythm section, but I had to provide them the horn section. Oh, so that's okay. when you have Okay. So would you you get some some kids from Berkeley or something to come in? Or? Right. We used to hire the, the kids from Berkeley, and they used to come in. Well, I tell you, it was only the four tops that I can remember. And I think Stevie, when he come back the second time, I think he had he, That's it. I can't remember anybody else with the charts. Wow. Okay. By the way, let me uh, just remind you, if we've got any live listeners today, 646-929-2451. We'd love to have you call in and talk to Rudy. Uh, yeah, you know, I just, again, it when you really listen to, we, we've talked about this almost every show, what the heck happened to music in America? There's, they don't, nobody sings like that anymore. <laughs> nobody writes right. lyrics like that anymore. I mean, you, you know, just listening to that song, you know, his his three guys, and you know, Rudy. I know these songs touch you as well. I think we were listening to uh, uh, one of the groups. The song was "We Just Oh Oh We Just uh, We Just Can't uh, We We're in Love, but We Just Can't Get Along." And you know, oh, yeah. you brought up about you know your marriage. I mean, we've all had those marriages. We've all had those relationships. And boy, when you listen to her, especially that last one, no matter how bad it was. You neither one of us wanted to say goodbye. Right, right. You know, and uh, that's why they call it soul. Billy, you got anything that's, to throw on that? Yeah, no, it's right. There. You hit it right on the money there. It's right. It's, it, it hits you right in the soul. <laughs> you, know, you know, you can be the. You know, and we talk about this too all the time, Rudy. You had, as you say, I'll quote you. You had killers in the audience, and no matter how tough they were. <laughs> These songs could pierce through all of that uh, facade, all of that armor they had on, and get yeah, right yeah. to them and mellow them out. <laughs> you know, I told you in the past, I, think I was always ex- expecting a problem from one of the hoodlums or the gangsters <laughs> or the, whatever you want to call them, you know, uh, to show off, to show that there was somebody, you know. Yeah. It never happened. Never happened. Nope. You know, Bob, 
like you ever see the the what do you call there uh, the good fellas with the yep. the the waiter and you call it be funny you because this that we never had none of that and I always expected that there to be a problem because uh, wise guy I call them wise guys I don't call them gangsters. They always want to show up and show you their authority, you know. So uh, yeah, it, that problem never happened, and I was always had my fingers crossed that I knew it was going to happen because usually somebody likes to show up and show their strength. But in there, the gangsters are the white guys are all asleep. <laughs> yeah, the, the music, the music, and the women in the clothes. And and I think that's what we have to keep reminding people who listen that it wasn't if these groups were simply and I think Billy you last week when you were on your uh, on your soapbox <laughs> <laughs> Billy was fired up last week Billy boy we chatterbox yeah. we're talking about a club on Route One that some of these acts performed in and this and I've seen those when. After Rudy, after the Sugar Shack left, they used to bring some of these groups out to the Chateau DeVille in Framingham. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. Uh, it was called the Swinger. Well, we took, we yeah. took it over for a while. Oh, was, so we, we okay. brought some of the there. We took it over. Oh, so you were running those shows. Yeah. We had, I think we had the stylistics up there, and forgot who else we had. I remember. Oh yeah, you had. I think you even got, um, um, yeah. What's his name? So, um, I always. The Yeah, but um, the guy who wrote all the songs for all of um, it, not Little Anthony. Um, oh God. No, the um, he just he just they just gave him a uh, just inducted him to the. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, Son, not Sonny. I forget. He wrote all the songs for The Temptations and um, and had his own group. And he was out there. Holland Dozier, Yeah, no, no, it'll come to me in a second. But um, but yeah, I saw and I did. You know, when I saw the groups, you know, I, I I thought it might be you, but but the thing is. The atmosphere, first of all, the place was much bigger than the Sugar Shack. And it was yeah. predominantly, yeah, there were some black, you know, um, you know, pa- pa- patrons in the audience. But it just didn't have the flavor because it was predominantly a white audience. And, you know, what you had at the shack was the real deal. Uh, the mix, the mixture, the mixture. <laughs> we, we had a beef stew in there, everybody... <laughs> I used to say it can't keep going this way. There's got to be an eruption in here. Unbelievable. I of an eruption, but it never did happen. I know. And I just. Um, I think I told you we had one incident. There was a. I don't want to mention their names. The brothers, they had a problem in Roxbury over something. And they were acting up at the bar. And uh, I think Maffeo told them, hey, 
I don't want to call Rudy. You guys better get out of here. So, (laughs) (laughs) what I was going to (laughs) do, they turned around and they walked out. And then the hallway at the top of the stairs, they they shot the gun off. They they shot a couple of shots off. That was the only one. Yeah, one of the incidents. No explosions. It was, you know, and I think, you know, when when I think of one of the reasons, it was so overpowering, you know, and Billy, when you write the play, this is kind of, you have to think about this as you're writing the play. You know, Rudy, the costumes, I mean, I'll just call them costumes. You know, when those, those dudes, when those pimps walked in with those broad brimmed hats and those beautiful clothes and then they had those girls come in with the mink coats and the jewelry and they were i mean there wasn't a hollywood set that had better clothes than what came through there and you just i think you know not only the fact of the music and everything else but it was so overpowering the um just the statement that somebody would make when they walked through the door yeah I tell you, earlier, speaking on that subject, uh, two brothers uh, in Roxbury, the William brothers, they checked the place out for a week, and uh, they liked everything about it, but they didn't like the dress code. I <laughs> says, what? The dress code? I says, yeah, I says, what don't you like? He says, these women in pants. I says, those pantsuits cost three, $400. They're in style today. Yep. Nobody wanted the shirt. You know, he wanted the shirt and tie crowd. I said that's gone out the window. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. no, they they took it to the next level. I mean, it wasn't that it was a step down; it was a step up. I mean, yeah. people were getting people were having their own right. People were having their own clothes designed. They were going, you know. When I talked to my buddies, they said, you know, that guy that. In fact, I think he was in one of the pictures. The guy that had the. Uh, the leather hat and the leather jacket and the leather pants, and they'd have the umbrella to match, and the shoes. Everything was perfectly tailored and matched. They told me he would go down. Yeah, he would have a suit made every week. Go ahead, Rudy. Even the, no, no, even their automobiles matched. They had the big cars. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> That's right. Take it down to Earl Shide for twenty nine ninety nine and get a paint job at the same time. <laughs> Quick hot pink for the night. <laughs> That's beautiful stuff. Yeah, hey, awesome. Rudy, it sounds like Isabella's there. Is that who you've got in the house? I've got my door open in the building, and there's a neighbor neighbor chatting in the hallway. Right, oh, okay. I thought it I thought it sounded like Susanna and uh, Isabella. Oh, yeah. boy, oh, boy. Well, listen, how about a little more uh, little music here? I know that so we played this before, but I had forgotten this song until I reheard it. But so it's going to be November 7th at the city performance here in Boston. 
Gladys Knight and the OJs together. You know, Rudy, what do you think? I think the OJs are going to back her up on a couple of songs, don't you? Uh, I don't know their schedule, what they do today, you know. I don't think so. I just think they're going to do their own thing. Maybe they might come out at the end and do a, a duet or something. Yeah, I think I I bet you I'll bet dollars to donut that's going to happen. Think of that, you know. This, yeah, uh, amazing. And I'm like, um, I mean, that theater is a gorgeous. I think it's. Would you say, Billy, it's the premier theater in town right now? Yeah, most likely. Yeah, I would say so. so. What's it? What Billy? About two thousand people, easy, right? Easy. Oh, yeah. four. 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 Yeah, probably about three thousand, Rudy. No, four. I think about twenty-four. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and you uh, know they're going to sell. Yeah, you know they're going to sell it out. That oh, used yeah, to be the sure. theater when we were kids. I know. That's right. I remember some of the big movies and acts that would come through there. Well, all right. Let's. Uh, I love this song. I mean, talk about Eddie. Really, just you know. The, Rudy, these, you know, when we sit down and we listen to these people were megastar. I mean, these people deserve every every wonderful thing that came their way, whether it was money, fame, or whatever. These were these were amazing talents that worked hard yeah. to make themselves even better. Like uh, Eddie said when he was called in, he'd love to come back to your your club because. He says that was a te- that was the litmus test to tell them whether they still had it or not. Even though they were on the big stage, there was so much to forgive on the big stage with the lights and the sound. He says, but when you got back into your club, you had to be the real deal. You had to be. You, he says nobody, get, you know, forgave you anything if you weren't right on. Yeah. Wow. The audience. The audience used to surround the act, you know? Yeah, that's true. They were right I mean, to touch them. Well, and then when Eddie, I mean, I, that's one of the things I love most about the OJs. Eddie would be, you know, sweating like crazy up there. He'd take his jacket <laughs> off. Yeah, he'd, right? Did he, I don't think anybody sweated more than Eddie, did, right? Right. You know, he, yeah. he that guy gave it. Everything. Oh yeah, he put his heart into it. When he when he was performing, he gave he gave everything he had. And then he would come off the stage and walk through. And I I told him like when he called in that day, he would sit down at our table and sing that song, "Missing You" a cappella. He would. And the audience, I mean, I saw you know we always saw those women go crazy over the acts like Al Green, etc. But when he would do that one, I mean, that was uh, that's some of those nights I expected a riot. I expected the women to attack him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Al, Green, Al Green, when he was there, they, the woman pulled him right off the stage. Oh, <laughs> wow. I can still remember that. It's just, oh my God, what? Jesus, get in there. <laughs> Audience. How'd they get him back? Would you? You guys have to jump in and help him. Yeah, 
uh, the, the people got them out. My workers got them back. I, we had uh, bartenders come over the bar. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we had a problem. Oh. The problem. Wow. Imagine that. How many people can say that? Wow. That's crazy. To the rescue. That's beautiful. Uh, did that happen the whole week or just like one night? Just one night. Just one yeah. night. And that's uh, Wilson Pickett. They went right through the door, the glass door upstairs. <laughs> wow. And all over the place. We're lucky nobody got hurt. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But they didn't care. They just wanted to get in. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. Wow. Fabulous. Wow. Well, here's the OJ singing uh, Stairway to Heaven. Which... OJs. Yeah, here we go. Where are you going with that?
What do you, you say would... after that? Well, you can't say much. It, the, the, <laughs> it's like a preacher preaching to you. Oh, testifying, baby. Oh, my God. You know, and I, I listened to the opening of that, and you've mentioned it so many times. You know, I mean, without these shows, Rudy, you talk about these, and you, you really had a heart for it, and you have a heart for it, and there's still, even to these days, you mentioned a couple of weeks ago, it'd be great to uh, take some of this money, if we make a, a lot of money on this thing, to set up some kind of fund for these singers who, you know, aren't doing so well today, and provide for them, but these guys paid their dues, I mean, they were, they were struggling to produce this music. Well, I'll tell you this and uh, you know, the more I talk to them, there's a lot of them are still working. Yeah. Well, and that's the beauty is that they can still, because no matter what, no matter how old you are, whatever, when you get on that stage and you get that audience and you can do what you came here to do and love what you're doing, I mean, there's nothing better. But I mean, you know, you're just a, I mean, I can't even imagine when, you know, listening to the the strings. At the beginning of that, I mean, and then they would go to the extent of, that, as you mentioned so many times, they didn't just come in to make the money. They didn't come in without the strings. They didn't come in without the backup. They came in with the whole enchilada to your club. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, well, a, that's a lot of respect. I mean, that paid, that's playing your club. They didn't come down with a watered-down road version. Oh, no, no. They, uh, they, they were so professional, it, was, it shocked even me. Yeah, you just, I mean, listening to that. Yeah. I mean, imagine that in the studio with all those strings. And, I mean, it's one thing to get fired up in front of an audience. But for Eddie to jump into that, I mean, he was, man, talk about putting your heart and soul in. I mean, I got the chills listening to that thing. Yeah, always. The respect is just major in, in soul music. It's like, not like today. I mean, look how much we disrespect what they're putting out today because it's garbage. Back then, you couldn't help you but respect that music because it was all about love and harmony and, and positive uplifting. It's just... Um, Man, he he felt it. I mean, he was in pain. Right. <laughs> and, and Gladys was in pain. You know, right. and and that's life, and that's love, and that's uh, you know, and to I, I don't know any music that emotes that other than the music that happened in at the Sugar Shack and the way it happened at the Sugar Shack. Um, just amazing. You know. I never saw one group other than Wayne Cochran. I took a gamble with all of them, and they all come in real great, look at choreography. Any, I was I was more amazed than anything. Yeah. When I bought Wilson Pickett, uh, he just was dressed a band. He had he had shakers like from Africa. I think those guys with the Shaking and all that, he was unbelievable. Wow! Imagine, imagine that, I, 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 Tom. Imagine that being in Rudy's shoes back in the. I can't even like that's like beyond my comprehension. How cool that is! 
to be in the presence yeah, I mean, of hiring you, you, like a You open this club, right, Roy? Right? Right? You open this club, have no right. idea where it's going or what's going to happen. Right, right. I never knew where it was going to go. <laughs> I mean, there was nothing planned about any of that. <laughs> well, no, I planned to make a nightclub, but my other friends wanted to make a dating bar. I said, this place is too big for a dating bar. A right. Bar. So it fit perfect. Uh, everything uh, fit, fit perfect. Uh, we had some great stars. Jerry Butler, the friend of distinction. Junior wow. Walker. Oh, can't even think of them. Yeah. 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 You know, I, uh, again, I just, uh, you know, you know, I've been around long enough to believe in miracles and things are supposed to happen. And, um, man, I mean, that's everything just came together. Perfect for that at a time when soul music was the music, of course, you know, the 60s, when we talk about the sixties and seventies, that was the last great rush of music from America and the world. You mean you had the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, you had all those, you know, Led Zeppelin, you had all of those amazing, powerful acts. And, you know, in, and even down to, you know, somebody was talking about recently Credence Clearwater. And, and so every week there was still this amazing creativity that came out. And then to listen to, you know, th- these amazing groups and every week, you know, every week there were, some every, all of these groups were coming out with brand new music, with with such meticulous attention to to producing something of quality. Um, yeah, you know, it's really doing this show has just made me realize that attention to detail. I mean, James Brown with complete string right. section, two drummers, you know, crazy. and the sack. <laughs> crazy. I know. I, I don't think there's anybody. A left or in this world today that can say that's still around that has done what Rudy has done as far as like I mean we're talking about 50 years ago booking the biggest soul megastars of today and he's still around to tell the story like clearly it's just amazing well, you know, it's really cool and, you know a bit, obviously clubs like the Copa and this they have the, their legends but you know the Sugar Shack didn't take a backseat to anything did it Rudy mm. right right yeah. Uh, I wish there was a movie because they did a movie about the Cotton Club, and the Cotton Club didn't have the stars that I had. They just had no. Duke as a no. band leader, and they had a line, a line of dancers. Right. It, they never had the stars, you know. No, you had them all. In fact, I don't think we played this yet, but you just mentioned the Friends of Distinction. Let's let's go there with that.
You know, that was, Rudy, that was a big song, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was. Uh, also, a big group there that we had is Sly and the Family song. Uh, you, took, you took the wow. words right out of my mouth. I was going to ask you that because that was the transition. I mean, that was a soul song, but not like the traditional soul song, but it, it was a song that appealed, really appealed to the white. I mean, it was kind of like a hippie uh, kind of thing. And then Sly, I mean, Sly had a huge white following. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, we were, we, were going, we were going through the book that Chuck put together, uh, George and I, and we were, I couldn't believe that you had Sly there. Yeah. Crazy. He just won like a multi-million dollar lawsuit on royalties that were owed to him or something like that, like recently, like within months. He just like really? he, he was like homeless, living out of like a trailer east in East LA. Yeah, he was like he, he hit rock bottom this last few years, and and I guess there was tons of millions of dollars owed to him, and he just won the lawsuit like maybe four weeks ago or something, a couple months ago. Crazy. Wow. Yeah, I mean, Rudy, what was uh? But you got you had them early before. Did you have them while they were big, or did you have them before they really launched? Wow, they were big. They had that big record, Dance to the Music, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow, they, they had a big record. Wow. 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 That yeah. must have, you must have been turning them away that night. Yeah, we were. We turned a lot. All the, most of the groups turned the people away, or a champ. They, uh, they all uh, they all earned their keep anyways. Uh, I mean, uh, there were never many bust outs. Yeah, no, that's, you know, I mean, <laughs> well, Sly had a reputation for showing up late. <laughs> oh, no, no, he, up. he that joint for you. Yeah, the people were going crazy with him. Yeah. We'll have to you play. I don't have yeah, I don't have anything stuff. uploaded from that. I'll have to upload. We'll play a little Sly next week. Um, yeah. Just, you know, I mean, it just goes on and on, Rudy, the the enormity because of the talent that you had in there. That was like the pimp says. It was one week after another, and the, the thing didn't stop. Right. <laughs> he says, wow. as soon as you stop, the action kept going, the <laughs> Amazing. Was- Every week something new. You know, one of the things, Rudy, um, I wanted to talk about, there were two groups that I remember that had, you know, what I'd call clowns in them, the funny, funny comedian, naturally talented. Harold Melvin, one of the guys there, was just a riot. I mean, he would just crack everybody up with his antics and his pantomimes and his facial expressions and, you know, just goofing with the other uh, members of the band and the pips. I don't know if she was doing it at the time, but there was a section when they would take the top, um, uh, top star of the time, top soul music star. And the first year, I think it was, um, Oh my, they, uh, I saw them at the social music circus and one of the pips was really talented at, uh, miming and, uh, mimicking, uh, the, the acts. And they went back and, Gladys said, ladies and gentlemen, we have a special prize, one of our best friends, Michael Jackson. And this guy came down looking exactly like Michael and doing the whole bit. And he was a riot. I mean, the place, it was one of those times to see 
you know, a group that was basically singing this beautiful, you know, serious soul music, and then to see them just really crack it up with uh, a pantomime. And the next year, I brought my daughter, who was, I don't know, maybe 12 years old, and she was a huge Prince fan. Well, that's the same guy came down totally made up with the wig, the purple jacket, you know, the frills are looking Victorian. <laughs> she started it down. And my 12 year old bought the whole thing. She thought <laughs> Prince, <laughs> wow. this that's kid screamed out of her mind. <laughs> thought, well, I mean, that's how fun. good he was. He sold it. He sold her that it was Prince. And I thought she was going to have a heart attack. Yeah, it was always clean fun in those days. Everybody enjoyed themselves and everything. Yeah, now, would they do that kind of thing? When Do you remember that when she came to town? Who's that, Gladys? Yeah, did they, they do this cut-up bit in the middle? Uh, I don't remember yeah, I, I think it's they got really huge. I mean, she, I mean, I was, you know, a lot of her music, you know, everybody knew Midnight Train to Georgia, blah, 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 but you never, she was one of those acts that you just, when she all of a sudden appeared, and Billy, you said this when you saw her in the, why don't you tell us the story about the shoe yeah, store? Yeah, I, I met her like 10 years ago. I was working in Beverly Hills for a fashion designer, and she was outside staring in the window looking at the, at the uh, merchandise, and she just looked up to me and, and prayed and bowed her head and said, so beautiful. And so I went outside, and she was just so gracefully cool. I mean, her tour bus was sitting there in front of the Endeavor building. I mean, her team was probably upstairs, and she was just waiting for them by herself like a normal, you know, human being, and she interacted with the people around her, and she was just so cool, and her, she had a great aura about her. She was just a Yeah, she does. Woman. Everybody who uh, – Rudy – you know, I'll never forget the night we waited and waited and waited for James Brown. He did keep the audience, and it was with with all that tension that was going on the street. School busing was the was the you know the place. The Boston was on fire with with all you know. So there was so much tension about you know what was going to happen in the Sugar Shack that night with blacks and whites together and James Brown there. Would there be trouble? And we waited and waited and waited and waited, and all of a sudden, you know, I probably mentioned this on shows before. Everybody at the same exact minute, without knowing anything, turned and looked at the door because he walked through it and you just could feel his energy. I mean, did you notice that about him? Oh, yeah. He had a lot of energy and uh, he commanded a lot of respect, too. Yeah, amazing charisma. Yeah, well, and I noticed the only other act when, when I saw Gladys, she had the same charisma like you say billy she has an aura about her she is like a a, a magnified spirit yeah i was starstruck and i don't get starstruck but i seen her i was like whoa it was like whoa. yeah it was amazing i mean it's you can't describe what that sensation is but it's real yeah sure is you know Rudy, <laughs> did you notice any other people who had that like besides james brown oh he was a lot Bobby Womack had to have it. Bobby Womack. What's that, that other girl singer? I can't think of her name. Uh, Jimmy Mack. She made Jimmy Mack. Oh, okay. Martha Reeves? 
Not the reason the Van Dollar. She was another class act. Wow. 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 Yeah, that's all. I mean, yeah, and I'm trying to explain this to the audience that if you do get the opportunity to see, you will see when she hits that stage, you will feel it. She just radiates energy. She's just in love in that aura. Right, Billy? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, definitely. She was, uh, yeah, gifted, gifted. She's one of the top what about George Clinton? Did he did did you think he had it, Rudy? Oh, George, yeah, George. <laughs> no words can describe him. George was great. Yeah, that's awesome. Also, I would think that you know we could do that. Teddy had it, don't you think, Teddy Pendergast? That what? Teddy Teddy had it as well. Oh yeah, Teddy. Teddy. They all had it. They, they didn't, they didn't get there on their looks. They got there on their talent. There you go. And obviously, Eddie Eddie Levert had it, no doubt. Eddie had it. Yeah, they had an all-around thing. And, and, and I don't know how they did it in those days. I don't know how they choreographed it. Yeah. Clothed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thing. think... Yeah, yeah, we just, yeah, we we took it for granted. I mean, and now listening back on it because there's such a desert. I mean, there's nothing out there. Right. And when you when you realize this was the golden age of black music, um, wow, you know. Now, now you have to see it in a theater. You don't get close to the act. You don't get that feeling. You ain't moving around. You, Having a drink, going from one bar to the other bar. You ain't yep. socializing after the show, you know. Uh, you're going to go to a theater, you sit down, and you watch the show, you know. Yeah, yeah 30,000 people. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, no, nah, that was That's... crazy. Well, why don't we play one more song? We got to Billy. Billy's, uh, Billy, you're being a real good boy today. Well, you know, I don't want to be scolded. I don't want to be out of line. I'm trying to be like you guys when I grow up. <laughs> Last week, boy, you were, I was hitting that mute button all the time. You guys All I kept of... hearing was, you have been muted. <laughs> well, I'm going to do... One more for you. We we did it last week, but you mentioned him as a giant, and he really is. I, I, when I heard him do this song, I said, "Oh man, there's where." If there's any artist that influenced Mick Jagger, Bobby Womack was the guy. Oh, he's my favorite. Well, let's listen to this. So we'll we'll call this the last song. Here we go. I want to dedicate this song to all the lovers tonight. I expect that might be the whole world because everybody needs something someone to love. When it's cold outside, who are you holding? You know, if y'all don't mind, I'd like to talk about this woman of mine. 
You have 
Before we talk about that song, um, hey, Rudy, we got a caller. Uh, Billy, we got a caller. Woody. Hey, Woody, why don't you identify yourself? Is that Woody Rudy? from the law? Woody. Go ahead, Woody. Woody. Rudy. Yeah. Rudy, you were at my wedding. This is Woody is from the Lord from Boston. Oh! <laughs> Wow! Yeah. The only, All right. The only Woody I knew was from the Lodge. That's the right. Woody, the Lodge saved the sugar shack. That's right. You remember yeah. that? How could I ever forget that? How could I, if I saw Sam and Dave or one of them today, I'd walk up and kiss them and say, "I'm glad <laughs> you are fucked out of you not going to the sugar shack." Because you open hey, up the door for us. He pats me on the back and says, I think you're in trouble. I says, I sure am. He says, we got a band. I says, go get us. <laughs> and that's, his band tore up the place that week. It was unbelievable. Yeah, we broke your, your attendance record. When Sam and Dave did show up, Woody saved the sugar shack. <laughs> that was, that was hey, it's nice hearing from you, Woody. How are the other groups? Are they still living? living? Some of them are. Um, in our group, we lost our base, Fred, and Pretty Boy Warren Harrington. He's passed. But uh, Sorry yeah, is the group is the group still active? We sing gospel. Oh, oh gospel. There's, two, there's two of us. There's two of us. Uh, well, actually, three of us that sing gospel. Uh, to Sylvester and I are up here, and AD is in California, but he comes up all the time. Plus, Glenn, Glenn from the people, he's been calling you. He's got a band together. He's been calling me. Yeah. He's coming up here and bringing some of his people. I've been in contact um, whenever this thing happened, but I've talked to all three of uh, uh, Sonny Jim Jr., his son. I have him. Uh, Warren Harrington's son. I have him. Sylvester Kenny's son. They're all named after their fathers. Well, that's great. That's great. So if uh, you ever come, uh, every, um, the people up here are in a big stir because they, they, they feel the Sugar Shack should be here. But I understand why it has to be there as long as one day you're coming here. 
Well, no, we tried at the Soul Festival with all the soul acts that worked the Sugar Shack. And they're right. out there working. And uh, uh, a three-day event that's going to take, like I said, about 30, 40 acts that are still working. Uh, there's yeah. no place in Boston we can do it over here. The rooms uh, we could get for nothing for bringing the show in. And once we do the show here, it becomes a hit. Then we can go to the Boston Garden. But the the prices in Boston are so outrageous. It's unbelievable. You're right. So we have to try and do it here, win some money. Then even if we break even at the Garden there, uh, because you can't get all the stars in at one time. You need two, three days. Right. You know I, I, I understand. You know, I what I've been telling the people here, because um, there's a lot of groups after we play the check that are still here that, that play the check. They talk about it on, on Facebook all the time. And when they heard that you were coming this way, I actually met more of them because um, you started playing a lot of local acts and so forth, which is fine. Uh, I just, uh, when I saw on Facebook that you were coming, I said, okay, I've got to get your number. Did want to talk to you and just tell you that there's a lot of people excited to want to do whatever they can do. Uh, and I've met, actually met some uh, that if you go to, if they're going to go to Vegas if you open it up. Um, good enough, to be a part good of the first one. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure listening and hearing from you again because uh, I can never forget that day. That, that's I won't one of ever the, forget it either. Sam and Dave didn't show up and Woody and the Lord turned around and Throw the place apart. Yep, you you opened the door for us, and that's, that's something I'll never forget. Yeah, you know, but you I, I'm with the same women that you came to my wedding, 46, going on seven, 47 years now. Woo! Wow, good man. Wow. I yeah. went back. We're both ordained the ministers. 50 years old, uh, 217, it becomes 50 years old that we open. So you're around that time, 47 years. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it meant so much to me. How many kids uh, you got? I have one daughter. I have two grandchildren. Beautiful. beautiful. Executive chef, yep. I've, I've been blessed. I have been blessed, and I was blessed to lead the Lord's we did everything that we wanted to do. Um, I even remembered you sent me a telegraph when Ed Sullivan wrote us up in the New York Times in 1969, saying we were the best group. We were playing Vegas, and he was in the audience, and he wrote us up in the New York Times that week, August 1969. Imagine that. Imagine that. Yeah, That's and Rudy, Rudy sent a, a text, a telegram. He said, you guys got it made now. And um, so I just I had to call. I said, here's my chance. I'm going to call. And uh, just let Rudy know that he made a big impact here. 
and you open up a lot of doors for groups that would have never had tried. Uh, the goal was to be good enough to play the Sugar Chat because once Rudy let us in and we did so well, that opened up the door for other guys if they were capable. They had a chance. But, Rudy, I, I want to tell you the, the funniest thing. Go ahead. Remember when Funkadelic came? I told you, I, I showed you a picture of them. They had the hair process. They had a song out called I Want to Testify. When they came, they scared everyone in the big room. They didn't, They had on robes and acting all crazy. But you were very smart. Instead of firing them, you put them in the cave. And they were in the cave for about 19 weeks. But the You're cave right. stayed packed out with the college kids. <laughs> Tom, Tom Hayes, I told you that story. When they come in, they scared everybody. The, the <laughs> They did. I never saw so many black people scared in my life. <laughs> I think Josh Clank came in as an Indian. Geronimo. Yeah. yeah, one wow. uh, uh which we call had on a, a a diaper. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Booty Collins. Yeah. What an amazing with, story. With, with, wow. with diapers on, they wear bathroom robes. It was the craziest thing you ever wanted to see. <laughs> and I was talking to George Clinton, and they went to to uh, uh, Apollo, and they got booed off the stage. Wow! And yeah, they got booed off the stage. But when they put out another song, I betcha, they went back to the Apollo, and George walked up to the mic. He said, "Yes, us, we're back, and we're going to do the same dada dada thing." I don't swear no more. And so Amazing. But you can imagine what he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but the crowd boy. loved them then. Great they got used to them. They became a favorite group in the shack. They used to work a lot there. I'll, oh, yeah. well, I'll tell you my, I'll tell you my reaction. Here we are. You're right. We were used to the, you know, all of those beautiful tuxedos and those beautiful costumes and the choreography and the mellow. And and we didn't know who the Funkadelics were. We just, we were so just that's where we went every. We didn't go anywhere but Friday, Saturday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You went to the Sugar Shack, and then when when they came out, my reaction is, "What the fuck happened? <laughs> <laughs> what the well, fuck?" Well, I tell this? you, Rudy Rudy got so mad at me, he, he he called me in the office and he took down the picture of them. With their uniforms on and their hair, the way everyone else, he said, didn't you show me this picture? You told me they were good. <laughs> and true. I said, well, I did. I said, we played with them in uh, Philadelphia. I said, I don't know what happened. He said, well, I, I hired them based on the strength of this picture and your word. I said, oh, my goodness, I'm in trouble now. Because he was scaring everyone. They were scaring everybody. It'd be one thing if they were hit. Oh, <laughs> but Rudy was right. smart. Woody, you're he, absolutely you right. They scared the, the shit out of us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
it was a bad time in America. It was a lot. There were Black Panthers. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, these guys might be Black Panthers. We didn't know oh. what they were, and we were black oh. ourselves, and we didn't. Great know. stories. Wow, great stories. Amazing. Yeah. He's a humble, nice guy. He'd give you the shit off his back. He's a real nice guy. Wow, now, hey, that's Woody, good to hear. Do me a favor. Would you, you know, I'm, I, I hear what happened. Sam and Dave didn't show up. How did you know that? I mean, how did you know to show up that night? No, somebody, they were the audience. They, they, somebody they told me. Rudy sent us, we got one break, a little outside break. We went over to the 007, across the street from Berkeley High School, uh, uh, Berkeley College, on Haviland Street, and we went into the place was called Joe's. We were there for two weeks. When we left, it was a 007. When we went in, it was all white. When we left, it was all black. What? <laughs> 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 So Sam and Dave don't show up. You're in the audience. Right. No, Sam and Dave don't show up. Rudy or one of his, uh, or no, a sticker, sticker, wasn't sticker, sticker, did not call me. But someone called me from the shack and said, did we want to open up? Uh, I said, absolutely. We've been playing everywhere trying to get into the sugar shack. And when the people found out, because Rudy did advertise on the radio very quickly, and so it hit the streets, and everyone, all our fans who used to follow us everywhere, when they found out we were playing the Sugar Shack, it was all wow. over. Wow. What a great story. Wow. Yeah. So you yeah. had, even though Sam and Dave didn't show up, you had the place loaded with your fans. We wow. broke their attendance record. They never wow. had more people in the sugar shack before. Wow. Rudy will tell you. So cool. That's so like cool. Well, you, you had Woody's fans and the Seven Day fans. Yeah. But wow. they didn't mind missing Sam and Dave after they saw Woody and the Lord. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if so, we get the festival on, we're going to have the Lords back, and the Lords will be a feature, one of the feature stars. That's yeah. wonderful. Woody, awesome. this is, Woody, you know, we had Eddie Levert on the, on the air, and, and, you know, this is, this is equally as important and wonderful. You know, every time... You know, we forget. We 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 have these shows. We play the music. We talk, and you know, becomes uh, you know, comes a normal thing. And then when somebody like you calls in, it reminds us that what a guy Rudy Garino is, and what he That's did right. for soul music. That's right. Amazing. Absolutely right. I mean, it's, this um, is a test. You know, I, I, this is one of the best shows we've ever had because. You know, it gives us a real connection between the artist and Rudy and that he did more than simply, you know, ha- have acts performing there. He he he, he established he a relationship. 
He did. I mean, when we left there, Rudy was our manager. I mean, he where are we going next? He we just go. Wow. And um, it would all be set up, and we got really spoiled being, you know, because we if we were in town, we even if we weren't doing anything, we'd still be down at the shack. And um, wow. it, it was some days, but I uh, um, asked Rudy if he remembers uh, when he sent us to Cleveland, how he had to bring us back. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, well, well, I Rudy, I, I was in the office when they called you from Cleveland. And you all were going back and forth, and they told you, don't ever send them back to Cleveland. I wasn't about to go back to Cleveland again. But, uh-huh. yeah, because they messed us up. And so I called Rudy. You know, he told us what to do. He said about 3.30 in the morning, he said, make, make sure you got a, a, trail, a trailer and just put everything in it quickly as you can and just drive to the airport. So that's what we did. But wow. they came looking for us. Somebody knew. <laughs> and <laughs> Jimmy Diggs, Jimmy Diggs, the, the guitar player for the band, he was hiding in the phone booth, calling his mother, saying, if you don't see me again, I got murdered in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, good Lord. Wow. <laughs> That's it. That's an amazing story. Yeah, hey, listen, guys, I hope they don't shut us off. I planned the show for an hour and a half. Sometimes they cut us off if that happens. But, Woody, please call in again. But let's just keep talking. I think we're going to be okay. And people let's, are able to hear, hear all of this on the uh, podcast. But what, ha- so what happened in Cleveland? Why were they after you guys? What happened, they had a plan. It was all planned out. Now, we were staying at a motel that had a, a nightclub in it, but we were playing a nightclub in Shaker Heights. We get in there. The people in Shaker Heights, they say, um, oh, ain't nobody coming out here. This is the OJ's town. And I said, big deal. You know, I used to go see the OJ's all the time before they could play the Sugar Shack. They played OD's in Cambridge. And instead of three, there was five of them. People don't know that stuff. And that's right. There was five when they first passed. That's right, five. And, All right, I got, um, I got a picture on my Facebook, I think, with the five of them. Right, you should have that, yes. Many yeah. people don't. They don't even remember them as five. I but, got a picture of you with your group, Woody, on Facebook, in my Facebook, at the Sugar Shack on stage. I got it. I saw it. Someone sent it to me. Hey, Woody, whatever happened to Kim Weston? Well, we were, the last tour I made was with Kim Weston. And, right. And Washington, D.C., I, I made it my mind in Washington, D.C. that I had to have a backup plan. I had to go back to school. And so I went back to school in the GI Bill. And... uh Kim and them, they went back to L.A. because when I left, the group broke up because I was the leader of the group. And Mickey Stevenson, Kim's West husband, 
He kept calling me. He said, look, you got a ticket at the airport? He said, we're all ready for you out here in California. I said, look, we got a record. I opened it up. I said, it's in Billboard Top 100, uh, 67 with a bullet. I said, it says over here that we're in the top 10 in England. I said, I haven't seen a penny. So I know what that means for me. I'm gone because I'm going to be out there with no skills, no nothing, if I don't get my act together. Wow. And so I did. Well, that's, that's good. You got you got your uh, your thing together, and uh, let's hope we get the soul festival on, Tom and Woody, and you'll see the old lots back together. Yeah. So yep, I, and those I, I that know, are missing, I, you'll see their sons. Yeah, Woody. Again, I can't thank you enough. But I, I gotta know more details about what happened. I, I know what a story. I'm over here like glue. Yeah, yeah. So what happened? So now these guys, they don't like you, and they start to threaten your lives. Oh well, yeah. We 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 played there two weeks. Now the first night that we opened, they told us the waitresses. They said they know we're gonna be here. So OJ Town. But when we finished our act, they came up to us and said, "We have to go get people ourselves. We're gonna get some people in here." So we were there for two weeks. Now, every night we would see three women come in, sit down, watch our show, and leave. It was the funniest thing because we would look for them. So one night there was a knock on our dressing room door, and it was Eddie LaVert. He said, knocked on the door, and I opened. He said, I don't mean to bother you. He said, you probably don't know me. I said, I know who you are. You're Eddie LaVert. I said, I used to come see you all the time in Cambridge. And he looked at me, he said, wow, he said, he said I want to show you something. And he, we peeked around the curtain, he said, you see those three women down there? Yeah. I said, yeah. I said, they come in every night, and then they leave. He said, those are our wives. And they, my wife keeps coming home telling me there's a group in town kicking my butt. <laughs> <laughs> and I got tired of hearing about it. He said, but I have to admit something. You all are some bad baratadas. <laughs> and we became Great. friends after that. Wow. Great story. Every group, we, when, when we got out to L.A., uh, Rudy took care of some business back home that we had got into. Um, and so we stayed out there. We met everybody that was anybody. We became friends with. It was just one of those things. And... Uh, uh, but back in Boston, Rudy was the man. We could go places. He would send us places that he know black people wouldn't even allow to walk up in the street in, <laughs> outside of Boston. And we would walk in, no contract, nothing, and just say, Rudy sent us. And they'd give us champagne. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, that's cool. all. That's all we had to say. Rudy sent us. Wow. No Apparently papers. he's still the man because we're still talking about him. That's right. And he looked right. great on the picture that I, I have of him, and it made me look back at because I said, at, in the beginning, Rudy uh, was at. He attended my wedding. He, I was I was blessed for him to come and attend our wedding, and I just wanted to let him know that was not a fluke. That we've been married going on forty-seven years, been together. Starting February uh, 1966, 50 years. 
Wow. Wow. And my wife, she went back to seminary. She has a doctorate. She is Reverend Dr. Marsha Wood. Wow. Congratulations. That's that's beautiful. Woody, you've been blessed. That's great, Woody. Woody, and uh, all right, we're going to look forward. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Rudy, you can take off. I want to talk to Woody. (laughs) 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 You can go. Rudy, you can go. I don't know what you got to get over to Arizona Charlie's or something. But I want to go for Woody. <laughs> Don't be sure. Well, you, know you got to go to you, Woody. You go. I'll take over from now. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get ready Woody. Woody, you've got some amazing yeah. stories. Woody, how long was the act, was the Lords together? From 1966. Uh, yeah, to 1970, 1980. Wow. Because that's when... I went into the seminary, um, and then I was ordained in 1983. God bless you. Now, you know, yeah, one of the things cool. we've seen, Woody, is everybody goes from soul music, not just soul music, but like the shack was like the, the, the seminary. <laughs> <laughs> everybody, everybody, including the pimps, Became preachers. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's funny. Tell them when I re, I reformed the really, uh, the the in 1975. I said, okay, I'm not done. I I've got this behind me, and I put the group back together again. Of course, I had the limit of two that weren't available, and so one of those pimps that used to sit in the bar, his name was Willie James, but back when I was a kid. He was in one of the biggest groups in Boston. So we had him and my cousin, and we started all over again. Um, And what I know, I don't know if Rudy will remember this, but when we first started, we couldn't get work anywhere. And when we the work we did get was next to nothing. So I put took my hat in my hand. I went down to the sugar shack with Sonny, and I asked Rudy, "We want to work." And he said to me, it's about time. It took you all a lot longer than I thought to get down here. Wow. I said, I said you've been the one closing those doors? He said, what do you think? I just know we had no place to work, and I couldn't understand it. And then he told me, you know, he said, here's what I can do. And he set us up, and we was all right. Wow. He said, no, it's not nightclubs. He said, people now... Uh, they go to the motel, the hotels, and they, they're they lounge acts now. He said, people don't like coming in town anymore. And right. he was right. Yeah. Oh, it was scary. He was, yeah, you know, and wow. he said, this goes in, you know, he said, so he gave us some good advice, and he, he sent us to some very good places, and so we were back in business until... I was called out. Wow. Wow. So you had a calling. To you. you had a calling to become a I minister. had a calling. I had a calling. And hey, I, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but I got to meet somebody. I got to okay, get ready. Rudy. Okay, Rudy. Hey, Rudy. Nice talking to you and look forward to seeing you and seeing you again. Okay. okay. I look forward to seeing you and we'll be there. Yeah, hey, Woody, don't go away. I still got more stuff to ask you. This is okay. This is an honor to have you in here. 
Rudy, I'll talk to you later, Rudy. Okay. Take care, Rudy. So, 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 so you went into the ministry, and you're still a minister. You still have. What do you have? Where are you located? We're we're located in Dorchester on Melville Street. Uh, oh, I know it well. Ironically, right down the street from the courthouse <laughs> in yeah. Dorchester. Yeah. Um, I have two wonderful grandchildren, and uh, my well, son. What's the name? You, you, do you have a church? Oh yes, we called the Lord's Family Ministries, and we went. We that we were there for years. Um, we went to be with our nephew, and that's. Earth Fabian Earth Faith Urban Assembly. And we go out and we try to help these kids that's up here. Wow. Wow. And um That's cool. It's uh mm-hmm. you know, that's all really I've ever done. Uh I co formed an or founded an organization called the Ten Point Coalition and Clinton came to town and gave us a re uh an award for helping the bank, working with the police to bring down the crime. Except once we stopped it, it shot right back up again. You oh boy! Out in the street with these kids, you can't just. Yeah. You know, I don't know what they think. But um, mm-hmm. the things that we did with Rudy, um, he would send us places, no papers, no nothing, just a, a telephone call, and we'd be on the way. Wow. And, uh, but what he did, when he brought us in uh, to take Sam and Dave's place, Arthur Alexander, who was a protege of um, uh, the guy that is sitting on the dock of the bay. Oh, Otis Redding. Right. Otis Redding, yeah. Arthur had this big hit called Do You Like Good Music? Do You Like Good Music? Right, right, right. So... But that was all he had. And Rudy was listening. He said, you guys want to stay another two weeks? He said, sure. Wow. You know? <laughs> such so a businessman. Another two weeks we were there because Rudy knew that Arthur could not carry that place for two weeks. Right. So, we were, so now Percy Sledge came in. Wow. And he's setting up and he's rehearsing. And Rudy asked us, do you think you can stay another two weeks? We started laughing. (laughs) (laughs) He was going to make sure he was going to make money one way or the other. He knew if we we were there, the people were coming out. Just our fans alone would fill the place up. Wow. I remember you guys. we went there for six weeks. And that became home to us. Oh yeah, I remember. I saw you guys many times, many times. Oh yeah. Now, did you did you you did some cover work too? Didn't you cover some bands? Yeah, we covered too many bands. That's the problem. Yeah. You know, because I remember we I don't know where we were playing, and one guy came up. He said, "You guys are incredible. You sound just like uh, the record and so forth." And this other guy said, "That may be your problem." Wow. Right. You know, you sound too much like these people. Yep. Because we would yep. play with them, and we right. would sing their songs, but we could blow them off the stage. Yeah. Wow. Wow. 
Wow. It's really wow. true. When we play Vegas, uh, Rudy Garcia in the Vegas, we play in the Sands, and uh, Nipsey Russell, the comedian, he used to come by our dressing room every night, and he'd say, there they are, those GD lords, and he'd slam the door and leave. Yeah. And <laughs> every night, every night. Uh, well, we knew it was a running joke, but we we went with it. So uh, he came back one night. He said, I want to tell you all, Ed Solomon's out there. I had never, all the years I spent on the stage, never did I have stage fright until he said Ed Sullivan. Yeah. I said, oh, my goodness, Ed Sullivan. So yeah. we go out there, and Sidney Poitier, Harry Belafonte's in the audience because they're waiting for Nancy Wilson's show. And halfway through our act, we had a real spinning uh, choreography uh, in one song. And Nipsey leaped up in the air and he said, I can't take it no more. <laughs> and the next thing I know, the whole place was giving us a standing ovation. Wow. And that next week, that's when Rudy, uh, that's when um, Ed Sullivan wrote us up uh, in his column. Variety wrote us up. Bill, I mean, it was, in, it was incredible. I said, Wow, Variety. This. Amazing. So what you know, happened he, then? Did, where, where, where did you go? I mean, where did that lead to? Well, when we left there, we went to Atlantic City. And we played Atlantic City. And then from there, we came back to the shack. And uh, at, in Atlantic City, they had a club that was closing down, but it was of the big old days club. It was called Club Harlem. And you didn't clap your hands. There were stickers, long sticks with a little ball on the end of them, a four on each table. And if they liked you, they hit the table with the stickers. I sticks. I never saw anything like that. But that's how the upper crust, the Sammy Davis, and those days, you know, with the big big stars, you didn't put your hands together. You were too good for that. You hit the knocker. I said, look at this. I never seen anything like it. <laughs> wow, that's, that's how cool. it was. And they hit they hit, obviously hit the knockers for you guys. Oh yeah, they did. They did and they were closing down. And I said, Well, at least I can say that I played with Sammy Davis and Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra. Wow. I said, I can say I played there. Yes, it may sir. have been the last time, but I sure got in there. Wow. And, um that's cool. There you go, right there, man. So now, how, many, how many hits did you have? How many hits? Well, we only had the one hit that we did. I did the arrangement. It's it's still on. You can Google it. We did Since I Fell for You. And it says The Lord's Sweet Sexy Soul. And it was we recorded it on Stax Records. But what Mickey Stevenson did he took it off that, and he put it on his own label called Volt. So the money that we got from Stax was minimal compared to the money that he got on his own label that we knew nothing about. Wow. So that's when I said, I, I, got, I better get my butt back to college. I said, I guess, wow, you good know, for you, though. Wow, you got the best of both worlds. Wow. Amazing so you've had stories. A, 
So, so Woody, you sound like a happy guy. You sound like a young guy. You must be my age. You must be in the seventies, close to seventy, right? Yeah. You sound, my, my man. You sound like you're in your forties. You know, maybe even younger. So you've had a good life. Yes, I did. I cannot complain about it. The good with the bad. I did. I got to do things that uh, a lot of people wish they had done. Right. That's what I'm saying. The done. best of both worlds. You 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 still got a good life. Still yes, blessed. I do. Amazing. Yes, I so I the am. Stories I'm over here mesmerized. I'm like, wow. I'm I'm blown away. So well, cool I mean, Woody, think about it. You played you played ma- the main rooms. You played the main rooms in Vegas. That's incredible. Yes, mm-hmm. yes it is. Mm-hmm. It is. I said people wouldn't believe me. The guys in the uh, group said you got to write a book because you led three lives. You know, yeah. and in a way I did. Um, but it was a time people when people talk about the shack up here, they only talk about the good times. Yeah, Rudy doesn't know the impact that he made, but I have. To, I'll share this with you. Hopefully, one day Rudy will hear it. In Boston, if you were from Boston, I don't care how good you were, you could never play the big clubs. There was only two small, uh, 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 one club on Washington Street and Rudy's club. But if you were from Boston, you didn't get in. Why that? Why was that? Boston had a reputation. My father was a musician, uh-huh. and he played big band. He played upright bass, and he sang, but he played in bands. If you were from Boston, you had to go, like, to New York to to get known and, and be somebody. Then you could come back to Boston. But if, they, if you were from Boston, you were local yokels. You didn't count. Yeah, no credibility. So with yeah, Sam and good. Dave... But we kept building a following, and I know Rudy and them knew it. And because we were now playing clubs that they said, okay, let them play. And wow. but, it, it, but it was not the shack. And uh, when one of his men called me, he knew who I was. I was shocked. I said, absolutely, yes. We had three days to get ready. We had been ready. And he advertised it on the radio. And it was all over after that. Wow. What a we cool inspirational story. Every night. Oh. Okay, so now, I see my curiosity, I love a good story. I want to, yep. We still haven't heard how it escalated in Cleveland that you had to get the hell out of there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us. You're going to like this. We, we, <laughs> it's a Sunday night. Now, we're headed back to the club, play our last night, and get paid. The waitresses and the wait, the bartenders were standing outside the door. The bars locked uh, of the, on the door, and they're saying, "Oh, he did it again! He did it again!" And you guys are such nice guys. I said, "What are you talking about? He's gone. There's nobody here. He's locked us out. He's gone." I said, "What? I couldn't believe. But that's the first time we'd ever been beat like that." So we go back to where we were staying, which is also a motel, and it had a lounge. The guy there, he knew before we got back what happened. He comes up to me, and he says, here's what we'll do. He says, "Uh, you can stay here for another two weeks. That'll take care of your rooms, and I'll give you $1,200, and uh, then we'll be square. 
I said, oh, no, 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 this is a setup. I know this is a setup. So I called Rudy, and Rudy said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go rent a U-Haul, but do it at night so no one can see it. He said, and at 4 in the morning, have everything ready, drive from room to room, throw that stuff in there, and get to the airport. And so we did. But, of course, we made a racket doing it. And <laughs> Rudy, we get so to the airport, and the gangsters are there looking for us. I couldn't believe it. And that's why I said uh, the guitar player, he saw one, and he ducked down in the phone booth. He called his mother. And he said, if, if you hear that I got murdered or shot, he said, the, the, the mafia did it. They killed me. Oh, you know? man. And, 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 I could, and we were ducking. I'm serious. There's about three of them. And they were walking, looking at the uh, ticket lounge and so forth. We're hiding behind things. It was the funniest thing you wanted to see. But we were wow. scared because I said, these guys ain't playing. Well, what, when I got back to – go ahead. But I don't understand. They beat you. Why would they be looking for you? No. See – it was a two. It was a two. Guys, yeah, both of them. It, were it, the see the there were two places that together. were in cahoots. Yeah, so they were we played. Together. Yeah, they were working together. So they knew that when we got back to where we were living, that guy he knew the deal. So they had us now stuck for another two weeks and get next to nothing to get out of town. So I called Rudy. And he told, he said, told us what to do. And I went out to the airport. And sure enough, our tickets were at the counter. And I don't know how he did it. They never did ask him. We got back to Boston. I was in his office when the gangsters from Cleveland called. I was in there. And they were talking about us. And Rudy was talking back. And he was defending us. And, of course, there was all kind of crazy going on and so forth. And I could hear the guy yelling from <laughs> in the background, they better not ever come back to Cleveland because they won't leave. You know, and Rudy says, ah, shut up. You know, <laughs> and he's saying, <laughs> Wow, that's crazy. Up the wow. You know, and I said, wow. oh, my goodness. Talk I about said, a well, movie, huh? Wow. I would be in the office. And they would start talking Italian, and I would get up, and I wa- they said, Woody, what are you doing? I said, I'm leaving. They said, you don't have to leave. I said, yes, I do. I said, I don't know what you're saying, and I don't want you to think I know. <laughs> and they just laughed. <laughs> I don't want you to think I know. That's beautiful. Because, so, let me tell you, it happened to my father. My father, the the they were play, he was playing, uh, he was backing up way back in the day. Uh, the um, what's the girl group? Diana Ross and the Supremes. The Supremes. He was backing them up. Um, wow. And so he, but in between acts, he his trio played and he sang, and he was singing a song in Italian. Now, now here he is sitting right behind a table full of Italians speaking Italian. And at one point, one looked over at him, 
And the guy said, oh, they don't speak Italian. What are you worrying about? And my father said, oh, my God, I got to go up there. I'm going to be singing Italian. <laughs> and <laughs> then he got up there, and he played one song, didn't sing. And then he went and he sang the Italian song. He said the whole table turned around and looked at him. You know, and he was waving up. He said, I'm singing in rope. I don't know what I'm singing. <laughs> wow. He actually stopped this song to tell them he didn't have a clue what he was singing. <laughs> it was just well, a beautiful was this song Bo- to him. Was this in Boston? Yes. It was the wow. other other club that if you didn't have a hit, you couldn't get into. That's when Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell and all them, that's, they played this other club. Um, South, it's called Basin Street. Oh, that was down the that was in Columbus Ave, right? Yeah. Wow. Wow. See, I didn't even know about that club. What what years was that? Oh my goodness. Um, they were in the early sixties. Yeah, you're 60s, right. Sixties when the when uh, the Shirelles first broke out. Yeah. And they had the big hit. Now, um, after that. Uh, if you had a big hit, you went to the Sugar Shack. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, because the track was that's, the, the that only was the place, place to be. It that was, was going all over the country. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. You know, well, it Woody, was going I everywhere. Mean, Woody, what's your Facebook page? Um, it's R E V S C Wood at Yahoo.com. So, okay, so give us on the uh, the first few letters again. Give me some words with the letters so I get it Reverend. better. Oh, Reverend. Reverend. S.C. Wood, which is my name, Samuel C. Wood. Okay. At, at Yahoo.com. And, and you've got a Facebook page? Yeah, you, you, can fa- just, you can just look up Samuel Wood. I'm there. Okay, Samuel Wood on Facebook. Yeah. Samuel Wood on Facebook. The Lords. There he is, man. Great now, do, today, do you man. have a Facebook page for the Lords? No, I don't. But the Lords are on, let me tell you, they're on um, Sylvester Kenny's Facebook. Sylvester what? Kenny, K-I-N-N-E-Y. Okay. He was with us when we played Vegas. He's one of the original lords. Um, wow. He's got pictures. And then a lot of other people, they just send them to me. Um, uh, people I don't even know. Okay. But they got so excited about the shack that it started yeah. to buzz and people started talking about the good old days of the sugar shack. You know something, Sam? I'm, I've been in the club business here in Boston, I mean, for the last, you know, over over the years in the past. And I might... I, we might be able to do something here in Boston quick and, and maybe bring Rudy here and maybe throw a little reunion together for the Sugar Shack. This, this is a possibility we can do something here in Boston. Well, Why and not? again, uh, we only got a minute left, guys. Uh, we only got a minute left, so I don't want to uh, cut this off. But, you know, this is great for um, great connection for us because Billy's writing the play back to the Sugar Shack. Woody, please, please call in again. Uh, you I made this show so, so meaningful. 
I most certainly will. I, I, I would have bunches of stories to tell you, believe me. Oh, great. man, this We is want great. to hear them all. And I just want to know, my buddy, Alton Hardaway, do you know Alton? I've heard his name, but I don't. Yeah, okay, well, well, I'm sure he'll be calling in someday. Woody, thank you so much. Uh, this has just been phenomenal. It's been my pleasure. Wow. You know, it has been amazing. my pleasure. Yeah, and, and I please, will be calling back. Please, please, please. We're, we're going to put a documentary together. We're, one of the things that we want to do, I'm work, working with a documentarian, um, George Wilson. We've we got to get you on film. Is that okay? Sure. Absolutely. I great. can tell you every story there is from being Boston. Oh, my God. This is so great for the awesome. show and yes. for the documentary and for Woody. You know there's going to be a book. I mean, this whole thing is meant to happen. Yes. You know, I'm oh, a spiritual yeah. guy myself, and let's uh, let's just talk uh, the truth. We know God is, th- th- you know, there's no way that the sugar shack could have happened without some divine intervention. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. That's why I was telling tell Rudy that up here it was it was more than just having a nightclub. He was the first uh, nightclub owner that was a five star club to let the local acts in. He yep. opened the door for for a lot of acts. Wow. And there's no way. And I knew kids. Yeah. Go ahead. I said I knew kids. They would strive to, to play the sugar check. That they had a goal. They they knew they knew they had made it if they got their foot in that door. Wow. Absolutely. Wow. You know, it helps the play that I'm writing so much, man. The script. I learn something new every week here. On this podcast, it's amazing. These stories are just like helping the script writing, and it, yeah, this is this is really really cool. Well, you know, um, Woody. I mean, it's obvious that I've been talking about this for forty years. I said there was, you know, one of the stories I tell over and over again. Here I am in Italy after with my first wife, and we were there before we got. Um, married and we had seen everything you could imagine in Italy you know all of the seven wonders the Colosseum the catacomb everything and I said to her the last night because I knew the answer it was a trick question I said to her of all the places we've been what is the most different place in the world and she didn't even hesitate out of her mouth flew the sugar shack (laughs) I I mean we're in in Europe and the sugar shack is the premier spot (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and in all your travels, Vegas, Los, Los Angeles, there was no place like the Sugar Shack. None. None. None like it. And um, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, Rudy would ask me, he'd show me pictures of different, and I would tell him which ones were good and which ones were bad. You know? Wow. And the only one that I got wrong was Funkadelic. Because. When I saw them, they weren't called Funkadelic. <laughs> they were called Parliament. They were the Parliament. That's funny. Oh my. So where do you are you on the stage with the? Are you living in Dorchester now, or where do you live? No, I live in Westwood. Nice, nice. It's, it is really nice out here. I'm blessed to be out here, and blessed to uh, have a church in Dorchester and a real nice area up there. What's the name of the church? Faith Urban Assembly. How do you spell? What's the first word? Faith. Faith? Oh, okay. Faith Urban Assembly. 
Yep. And what's the address? Uh, 3 Melville Street. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And right down from the courthouse. Yep, yep, yep. Now, what's, what time are your services on Sunday? Because I just may show up. You guys sing gospel every week? Yes, we do. Okay, oh, what, wow. what time is the service? Our service, um, if you get there by 1030, because we have prayer service and uh, worship service, and so uh, 1030, and we're out of there at 1230. Okay, excellent. I want. I'm coming down. I I I gotta okay. see this. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming. Yeah. And uh, I I you uh, of all the shows we've had, right, Billy? This was yeah, right up there. Yeah, this is the best was, because it's so it's so heartfelt because it's we're, we're from somehow to we're from Boston and I feel it, man. This is like yeah, spiritual big time. And it's, yeah, this is the best show so far. Amazing, really cool well, story. Well, let me just give you a. Uh, uh, Woody, just what happens. So for 40 years, I've been talking about it. I says, I, I, one of my things I would love to do is a movie about the Sugar Shack because there was no place that gave you a feeling like the Sugar Shack, right. which was so, so exciting. Right. And so a couple of years ago, and I talk about divine intervention. I was flat broke, blah, blah, blah. A, a high school buddy comes around the corner and says, how's things going? I said, I'm okay. I said, I'm you know, physically and emotionally fine. I said, I'm broke. And he said to me, he says, uh, what do you need? And I says, well, I said, I can't pay you back. And he says, well, what do you need? I says, well, I, uh, I got to get a Mac computer. And he wrote me a check for a Mac computer. I went to, to Apple. I took the course where they train you one-to-one. Yeah. And I meet this guy, George Wilson, who went to Berkeley, who married a a backup singer, um, Darcy. I don't know if you know Darcy. I forget Darcy's her name now is Wilson. But she, remember, after the shack closed, there was a review called a Motown review called "Dancing in the Streets," and it was yeah. two guys and two gals. Darcy was one of the um, the artists in that production. And anyway, she's backed up a lot. She went to Berkeley too. In fact, I think she teaches. She teaches at Berkeley, and. So we started talking about the Sugar Shack, and we agreed that we would do a documentary. We had no idea how to go about it. We didn't know where we'd get the research. We didn't know we'd have to try to get the groups to speak to us. And so we contacted Freddie Taylor, who was the wrong guy, but we didn't know that. But we had no idea where to go. And all of a sudden, one of my buddies, Ralph Peace, calls me up one day and says, I thought you were going to do a show, a radio show about the Sugar Shack, and I think he had Junior, uh, who was one of the pimps of the, of the time, or somebody call in, and we did a show. And I found Billy, and, uh, uh, when I went to post a poster, uh, and I found him on Rudy's Sugar Shack page, and I called him. Then he told me that Rudy was still alive. I couldn't believe it. And then the whole thing happened. And then Chuck Carter, who did. Um, three years of research sent us all of the ads, all of the articles. Everything fell into our laps, wow. and it continues to follow. And today, uh, you you added so much content. Yeah, amazing. You you really. I did. I thought this was going to be just a, a normal show, but you really. I can't. Th we can't thank you enough. You yeah, so much. You gave this whole thing a huge boost today. Well, that's really great. 
Yeah, yeah week, man. You know, and again, it's it's divine. It's I, I, we're, I'm preaching to the preacher. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, all divine. Right, well, Woody, I'm coming to, to the church. That's right. You come on. We're I'm ready coming down. <laughs> and um, you know, I grew up in uh, I grew up on Cleveland Street, which is between Winthrop and Moreland. Right off of Warren yeah. Street and Dudley Street. Yeah. Blue yeah. Hill Ave. That's where I grew up. And I married that. a girl from Roxbury. And the reason I married... Now, let me ask you, where did you meet your wife? I met my wife at the Brown Derby in 1966. I walked wow. over to her and I said, you know something? One day I'm going to marry you. Unbelievable. Her friends laughed. She looked at me like, yeah, sure, when pigs fly. Three <laughs> years later... We were married. Unbelievable. So we've been together. Next year, we have been together 50 years. Bless, bless, bless. The year God I was born, 66, too, February 66, man. That's God what a great story. Right? Now, um, what's his name? Glenn? Glenn? Was it Glenn? Who, who, somebody Glenn called us. Glenn Brooks, he's been calling me. He was When we were the Lords and the People, we came back from L.A. Our original band quit because... They couldn't play their own sets. Well, they weren't interested in that. They just wanted the acts. So they got us the people. And so we came back to Boston. We had, we were the lords and the people. They were bad. They were great. They, we played Vegas with them. You know, they backed us up in Vegas. We traveled for almost two years. Wow. Well, he called. And Rudy, and he gave Rudy, us... I'd call in, and Rudy would tell us the next place we were going. Wow. So what were they, the... The the backup band to you guys, or did they, they have were a the backup band? But they used to back up almost everybody. They were a, a terrific group, and they wow. had, local band. And local? some of them will be here when we have the reunion. There, there's four of them so far that are coming to play with us. Wow. Now, are you going to do a, a Lord's reunion by yourselves, or you're talking about the Sugar Shack no, reunion? No, no. This is if. Uh, here's what I said. I said, Glenn, if God wants this to come to Boston, it will. And if it comes to Boston, we'll we'll be playing it. So we you know. Said, you, you know something? Let me just stop you for a second. See, this guy Billy, he gets a little excited at times. <laughs> Billy, well, I think, and, yeah, he, and, and Billy you know, gets impatient. I'm a hype man. I'm a hype man. Yeah, but but we know. <laughs> You, you just said it right, Woody. If God God wants this to happen, that's why this show is happening. And yep. if God wants the sugar, God wanted the sugar shack. I absolutely believe that. Think of a place where, with all of the problems that Boston and the country was having with racial tension, right. nothing ever happened in that place. That's it was sick. total harmony. That's right. And that's right. We, we got to tell Billy chill out because he not, we're not driving the bus. God's driving the bus <laughs> on this one. Well, there's a new sheriff in town. Hold on. And you just relax, because this sugar tax thing is, is on the tracks, and it's going to happen. Well, all right. Well, all well right. thank I'll you so glad. much. Please become a regular. You know, but Glenn, I, I want to say this. When Glenn Brooks called, he told us yeah. almost the identical story to you. His wife walked into the sugar shack, and he said the same yeah. thing to her. I'm going to marry yeah, you. Yeah, his wife was a bridesmaid in my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I love it. You know, 
one of the things that we keep talking about is the sugar shack, the music, the place, everything was about one thing, love. That's right. That's right. And you couldn't get the best music in town. In the world. That's cool. Yeah, really. Really. The best act. The best, I mean, it was simple as that. There'd be no other sugar shack like there was in Boston. There may be other sugar shacks, but not like here. No, 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 no. And Eddie Levert says that every everybody we talked to says there was no place to Sugar Shack. Well, listen, right. um, we can't thank you enough, right, Billy? Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I'm over here like I'm already I'm already planning. <laughs> well, <laughs> we got to get the Lords back up. I'm telling you, I look at I look at. There's a new sheriff in town. We got to get the Lords back up on stage here. I got venue connections. We're going to make this happen. I'm telling you. Okay. We have I love it. Well, we're going to get we got we're going to get back to well, the Glenn will be shack. calling you. Tell Glenn I said hi and to give me a call. I will do that and Cause um, he'll be he'll be talking to you. Well, you're going to see me in the congregation. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> All right, thank All right, you, everybody. Stay blessed. Have a okay. good week, everybody. All right, thank man. Thank you. Take care. Great show. God bless you all. You God too, you. Woody. Thank you, man. All right, thank you. Right on. Sometimes you meet somebody, just blows your mind. Hey, everybody, thanks so much for yeah. the podcast. Sometimes you don't.
unbelievable. That was like the real Sugar Shack deal. That was like a local, the first local artist to perform there, to have stories. I felt a really good connection with this guy because he's local and he's like down to earth. And that was a great, that was the best show, man. That was it. It turned out to be the best 